Welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Today we're going to be talking about what we do when doubt enters in in our faith life. Yeah, so this has been a topic that's been on my mind lately because this is something that I, I dealt with some doubt in God, uh, doubt in my faith for a long time. It's just recently been resolved. It had been going on for a while, for the last few months, that I just had this really like deep-seated fear of death. That like I'm just so terrified of like anytime something popped up on the news or on you know, my YouTube feed or somebody started talking about somebody dying. I started thinking about like me dying and I'm just absolutely horrified of it. And I realized that there's like a trust issue there that I have with God. Um, but I didn't really know exactly where it came from until it just kind of hit me one day. I remembered back to where this really began and I was watching comedy sketch and the comedian was basically telling people you know, in this in the sketch who can go to heaven and who can go to hell. And part of it, he was saying, okay, well, Catholics, you know, you know, on your way to hell, it turns out Jews are right after all. And so this, this was the thing. And I, I realized that's kind of silly, but like it affected me. And I was started thinking like, what if, like, what if I am wrong? Like, what if, like, you know, just I converted to this faith and I am absolutely wrong about it. And, you know, I don't have the right, I'm not on the right track. And because of that, I'm seriously going to go to hell and I'm terrified. And so I, I dealt with that for a while and, you know, tried to just every time those feelings of fear kind of cropped up, I tried to just pray, you know, like I you know reject these, this fear and God, I offered up to you and, and all of that. And it helped a little bit. But finally one day, I can't remember exactly why, but I was alone for a little bit and I just like, I was feeling this fear again. And so I decided to sit down with God and I was like, all right, God, like we have to talk through this because I don't want to feel this way anymore. Like I've got to have resolution one way or the other, like, you know, where I'm going to stand on this. And so, and he really did feel like he worked through it with me. And, um, so I started talking to him like, you know, this is the start. This is the. The, the reason why I, I started having this doubt and this fear. Um, so am I on the right path here? And I was like, okay, well, I, I really got to think, like I'm trying to think about this logically, three options. So either let's say I'm wrong about this and there is no God and there is, it's just materialism. We just, you know, came here spontaneously, um, you know, all that, the whole materialistic kind of point of view. It's like, well, then it really doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter if I, what I do or what I believe, because I'm just going to die and I'm going to fade into nothing. So be it. Oh, my son is very excited about this topic. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I mean, then, then that's kind of a wash, right? So option two, there is a God, but it's just a cruel joke that he played on us and he put us here and he doesn't really care about us. He's not a personal loving God. In which case, I don't think he would have made himself really known. And if he did, it would just be torturous. And I know, like, you know, I thought about sometimes it can feel that way, right? When we're, you know, going through really, really tough times. Where we're like, why, God, are you letting me go through this? 
but I personally experienced way too much of the goodness of God mm -hmm. to know that that is not the case. Mm -hmm. And even if it were, it wouldn't matter what I did because it wouldn't be up to me. Like it would be, you know, either I just fade into nothingness because God doesn't care about me anyways, or I'd go wherever he wanted me to go because he didn't let me know what to do because he doesn't care. Right. So the only other logical option I have is a third option that there is actually this loving God that I learned about and I grew to love and I'm falling in love with more and more. And, you know, my feelings about the issue do not dictate reality. Like I have, I have these subjective feelings about it, but there's this subjective reality out there that there is a loving God and he cares about me and he has made it known to the world how he wants us to act, how he wants us to love him and love one another. And, you know, I've found that in the Catholic church. This is the church that Jesus founded. And I know this because I was, let me tell you, when I came into the church, I was, I was very skeptical <laughs> and I wasn't going to believe a faith that was not true. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe wholeheartedly that I found that. And once I like really worked through that with God, like it was just like a complete reversal. And now like, you know, I, I'm not scared of dying anymore. Like, I mean, there's still like a twinge of that, like, you know, that, that unknown, like what exactly is going to happen? I don't know. So there's a little bit of the fear of that for me, but I don't have that mistrust, I think, in God anymore about whether or not he's really there or whether or not he really loves me. And so for me, like that was this, yeah, this topic has been, been on my mind lately. And I just, I love that God, that God did that for me, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh. well, listening to you, I think about C.S. Lewis because he has a whole, yeah, <laughs> you know, he has a whole philosophy or saying about, you know, either Jesus was a liar, a lunatic, or really who he said he was. And, you know, you talked about your three options, and I just, that was exactly where I went. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, Jesus is just a really good guy. He was a prophet. Well, he couldn't be a really good guy because then that means he was either, he was lying to us. Or he was crazy. I mean, you can't you can't be a really good guy and lie to everybody that you're around. Mm -hmm. And so I really heard a lot of that in what you were saying. And I think that's really cool. I feel like we could just wrap up the podcast right now. Because <laughs> what you said is so beautiful and so anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so common. Mm -hmm. And it's common in our pews. There are so many Catholics that are terrified or who don't know if they're believing the right thing, or and who are scared they're on their own path. I think it's more common than we even know. Confirmed Catholics who just weren't catechized, or just because I what you the one thing that you said that I really resonate. It was the whole thing was incredible, but you touched on something that's the hinge for this entire issue. It's the experience of God's love. What convinced you? Was it all of the intellectual study that you did? Was it all of the RCIA classes that you took or all these podcasts you listened to, which I know you do and you still do. She's a researcher, people. She's like, like, a, like an amateur apologetics. <laughs> so she does all this stuff, but that's not what convinced you, Alicia. Mm -hmm. What convinced you, the hinge, was your experience of God, mm -hmm. your experience of his love. And that, the, the doctors of the church have said that that is what, changes us and makes us mm -hmm. believe in God not all the evidence that he leaves behind it's the experience of his love in an intimate and personal way mm -hmm. and it's like in every podcast we seem to circle back to this idea that we need to be 
experiencing the love of God? How can we experience the love of God? Because that is clearly his will. He went out of his way to take flesh, to become the lowest of the low, so that we could touch him and that he could touch us. So, like, I just think it's so beautiful that that's such a scary place to be in your mind because I've been there before, especially when you've already affirmed that faith and you're walking in it and you're raising your kids in it. And to have these moments where you're like, what if this is all just an illusion? And I'm just a, you know, I'm a Kool-Aid drinker. You know, <laughs> people, you know, you felt that way. We've all been to that point in our lives for various reasons. And all that it indicates, it doesn't indicate that there's anything wrong with us or wrong with you or wrong with our listeners. It indicates that there's, a, like you said so beautifully, there's an area of hurt and lack of trust in our heart that has yet to be experiencing that love of God. Mm-hmm. And it's crying out for it. It's mm-hmm. saying, ah, oh, you know, and it's coming out as an intellectual doubt for people who have affirmed, you know, the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. I just think that everything you said was so perfect. Again, we're added to it, but it was just so beautiful. Well, and like, and I, I love that God allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I, I say this now because I'm not in the throes of it <laughs> right now, but like, I love that God allows us to be hurt. Like, I love that God allows us to be in those moments where we are doubting and we are hurting and we are all of that because that is where the most beautiful transformations happen. And at least for me, they have. And just that he, and he allows us the freedom of questioning him. Like he's not this tyrannical God who's going to be like, you know, I've, I've, I've known people before who's like, you know, well, if God really loved us, then he wouldn't let us make mistakes. He wouldn't let us turn away from, he wouldn't do all of that. Um, you know, because he, he wouldn't want us to hurt. I'm like, God doesn't want us to hurt, but he allows it to happen because he knows that that's how we're going to get to him in many cases. And I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm thankful that he allowed me to go through that because that is just one more thing that in the future, I'm sure I'm going to doubt again. I pray that I don't, but I'm sure it's going to happen because I'm a human. And I can look back to that and be like, God, you showed me, you walked me through that. You know, One of the things that you said is, you know, getting closer to God through the hurt because we experience his love. But I don't know how many times I've been hurt by somebody that I care about. And then while I'm thinking about that and bringing that to God, realizing that I've probably hurt God in that way, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Oh, yeah. Especially when like I'm frustrated with my children. I feel like they're not listening. I'm like, oh. I'm like, God, this must be how you feel. <laughs> I'm like, we don't listen to you. We don't do what you ask. But you're still there loving us. And when you said that you appreciate that he lets us experience that, that's what I thought about. Is like how often a lot of my hurt and my pain, I realize that's what God must have experienced or experiences every day with his unruly children. There are many saints that felt mm-hmm. that way. Um, and these are saints that not just at the beginning of their journey, well into the depths of interior life, past the purgative, probably into the illuminative, if someone was, you know, you know, keeping track. But, you know, these are saints that were well-developed in their in their spiritual life, far down the road, and close even into their deaths. St. Therese of Lisieux was one of them, who had terrible doubts when she, you know, that maybe this was all a lie, and they tortured her, and St. Elizabeth had the Trinity as well, and I'm sure... Lots more saints have written on this. I know there have. I just can't think of any others because those girls are my favorite homies. 
So, but I mean, like, it's not, it has no, I mean, it's a thing. It's an absolute thing that happens mm-hmm. and it's for a reason and he allows it. I think um, that you mentioned that um, a lot of it just boiled down to like, who do you, like your trust? And I think that's just so important for us to recognize, like, in whom do we place our trust? Like, our yes is like for, it, it's not just a one-time thing to God. It has to be regularly um, exercised. <laughs> like, it's, it's a muscle. We have to, you know, constantly be, be doing that. And, uh, you know, the, the most famous doubter of all time, Thomas, um, <laughs> I, love, um, I love that passage. But especially um, when Jesus came to him again, uh, we all know, like, the part where he says, like, put, you know, go ahead and touch everything. Um, but first he says, peace be with you. Mm-hmm. And that just really uh, resonates with me because, you know, it teaches us so much about Jesus that he's not coming with fury. He's not this, like, you know, he's not um, where many people, like, try and pick and choose the, like, Old Testament God, you know, mm-hmm. the, this uh, coming down to, like, smite us. No, he comes with a word of peace and, you know, meets us in our doubts. Mm-hmm. And he came to you and with with that reassurance and because you came to him. Yeah. Well, and I do want to make just a real quick, I guess, more of an apologetic point. You know, like you talked about, like, the Old Testament God's fighting. Yeah. Like, God has always been the same. Right. And if you actually right. No, that's what I'm saying. What, people pick and choose their yes. view of him is what yes. I'm saying. Like, yes, but in not, terms of what we're talking about, like, doubts. I know people who have doubts about God and whether or not he's a good God because... They see this Old Testament God and they see him like that. And I've seen him like that before as well. That, you know, he was this mean God who, you know, smited everybody and, you know, all that stuff. And then you've got, like, the next God over here in the New Testament that just wants love and peace and stuff. Neither of those are accurate depictions of who God is, who even Jesus is. Because Jesus, yes, he was a loving, gentle person, you know, in in the person that he took on. But he was also very strict and stern, you know. And in, in the Old Testament, God did the things that he did in the, within the context of the time periods and the cultures. Um, and, you know, doing those things in a loving way because he knew that these are the only things that were going to get through to these people. And so, like, you know, looking at the things that I've gone through or whatever, like, you know, I've gone through some stuff and it's been hard and it feels mean that God would allow it to happen. Yeah. But he's doing it because he loves you. He doesn't, he just. Uh, well, like, I love how Father Mike in his Bible of the Year podcast explains. Just, yes, the trust yeah, like, and, and like he, he talks over and over, over again about how I know this Old Testament sounds like really bad, <laughs> but he was dealing with these people where they were. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's how God comes to us. He comes to us where we are mm-hmm. and you know, and he's always waiting for us where we are too. You know, this, like you said, that was the people of the time. You know, people of the time. I think we weren't talking on the podcast, but we were having a personal conversation earlier about, you know, even saints were products of their time period, and you know, maybe they have these really good spiritual works, and then maybe not so nice things said on the side, you know. But they're a product of the times, and even in the Old Testament, to so those people that. Um, God was leading were products of their time. Yeah. And, and a friend of mine pointed out to me one time, like, that is, like, this is, you know, an, uh, that was an unredeemed world, too. Right. So, uh-huh. like, the, you know, it's a very different, you know, 
how they interact with each other and things is because you didn't. There was no Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. There was no, you know, breakthrough. There was no Christ. So it was a pre, it was a different world. And also when you were talking about God, kind of one of your possibilities being God or just like one of his playthings, um, I automatically thought of Greek and Roman and Norse mythology where the gods just like came down and hung out with humans however they felt like for their own pleasure mm-hmm. and um, or dealt, you know, sent things to humans just to see what would happen. And um, that was also a pre-redemptive I mean, worldview. Yeah. And people were sacrificing their children and make human sacrifices and God's like, okay, no more human sacrifices. We're going to do animal sacrifice. And then Pat, and then we grow from the animal sacrifice to he sends his only son. And that's the ultimate sacrifice. And he gives himself to us. Don't plug Father Mike's podcast again. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. He, it really is. And like one thing he said to you about like, like when Satan came to Eve in the garden, he didn't ask her to question God's existence. He didn't deny that God wasn't all-powerful and in charge. He asked her to question his heart. Mm-hmm. He made her believe that God was holding something back from her or not giving her the full picture. And and he caused her to lose trust, as the catechism said, to let trust die in her heart. And so, like, I feel like that's a lot of times where a lot of these doubts come from, too. It, it's like you said, it all come back comes back to trust. Mm-hmm. And when it's given in that framework, you're able to see where the wounding is mm-hmm. and where where the pain of people who have let you down fractures some of that too. And like, it's just, I just love that you, you said trust. You brought that into mm-hmm. it because I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't trust you with my death. Mm-hmm. I don't trust you to let me die a happy death. Well, and I was going to say, and I think fear play, you know, when you don't have that trust, fear can go rampant if that makes any sense mm-hmm. and um i haven't finished reading it but there's a book um called the art of dying well and i know because just i'm just bringing this up because you're specifically talking about dying for a little bit but um because of resurrection if we're living in the way jesus asked us to, to and we were trying to get closer to him and you know there are things that we can do to accept the fact that we are mortal and to enjoy this world and know that it's going to come to an end whenever God decides that it's going to be our time. It's, it's just a, it's a really good book. I'm, I'll even put it in the podcast notes, but because I know that I think dying is a common fear, yeah. if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. You know, you know, we don't always leave things ready for our families and you know it's not something we want to think about but it is something that we do need to think about because we need forgiveness is very important we can't go to heaven if we're holding a grudge against somebody you know i mean jesus even tells us that about you know if you have a altercation with your brother it's in the bible so i don't remember if it's you but he says if you have an altercation with your brother you have to go and fix that first and then come make your sacrifice you know yeah. And even in the Our Father, you know, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's not conditional. Forgive us and we'll forgive people, or you know, we'll forgive them later. It's yes. as yep. not letting fear dominate, but forgiveness and trust lead our lives. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I one thing I experienced during this doubting period that I had was how difficult it was to say yes to God when I was doubting so much and I didn't trust him that much and I had that much fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember just sitting there one day and I was talking to him about this and I was just like, I don't know what to think and I'm really freaked out right now, but I'm going to make the choice. This is really hard, but I'm going to make the choice. Um, I trust you. And like, and, and, it, and this is not to say anything about me, this is by God's grace that, you know, he has led me to the point in my life where I am capable of doing that, because um, I couldn't do it on my own for sure. But I think for anybody who's experiencing doubt, it's the perseverance. It's, mm-hmm. you know, striving for God through that. And it is hard. And it's, you know, people talk about, oh, well, just, you know, we could, we could say, just trust God, just say yes to him, you'll get through it that kind of a thing, but it's really more complicated than that because we're human. And so just, just making that choice, even if you don't feel it, like I said, that's a subjective feeling. It does not dictate objective reality. So just choosing God instead, because um, who was it? A mother tree. maybe we've mentioned this before, but mother Teresa, um, from what I understand, she had, you know, all you know the emotions and everything that you get when you talk to God and all the good feelings until she um yeah so once she once she made her profession of vows she never once experienced those emotional feelings attached to her faith again and so i mean you know for her you know i i know for me i would have a hard time i i have had a hard time in the past like when i've gone for instance to mass and i feel like i'm not getting anything out of it because I don't have those emotions. And so mass is something that's just kind of a dormant thing for me. Like I go to it because I know it's good and I know I'm there for God and stuff, but like, I don't, I don't feel it. So I feel I'm, I'm really entering a kind of an apathetic air about mass in a way. And I've, I've experienced that. Um, yeah, I've experienced that before. And so I, I can't imagine what she went through just not having any of those feelings but it's not about what we get out of it. Like we're going to get something out of it. It's about us being there for God and being there to worship God. It's not about us, but God is going to bless us in return, regardless of whether or not that's feelings or if that's something else. And, you know, God blesses us in multitudes of ways. I have this passage from Proverbs um, chapter three, verse five, six. (laughs) This is trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight Mm -hmm. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. I know for me, um, like, I'm a very rational, like, like, I have, like, person, like, I reason through things, and it's, you know, it's very much, like, about, like, what I can, you know, the facts and all that, but um, I've read this, a person does not need faith to believe in something that can be seen. This isn't faith, it's merely an observation, and that just, like, really hit me, Um, because it's like, okay, well, yeah, I can have all these facts, I can have all this, like, reasonable like understanding of okay this is you know how, how I come to the truth but I still we still have to take that leap of faith that tr- we have to have trust we have to give it over and we have to not rely on our own insight our own intelligence and acknowledge God in all things and then he'll make straight your paths like mm-hmm. it's um you talked about perseverance and I had to find this verse which I thought it was funny that Annie also looked up a verse. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> this Hebrews 12. Therefore, 
Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Please join us again in two weeks. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.